Man, we're on our series called Who Am I and Why Am I Here? So if you get your sermon notes out or Version Bible app, you can get the sermon notes on there and get your Bibles out themselves. And let's open up to Mark chapter 6. Yeah! yeah. Mark chapter 6. Who am I and why am I here? I don't know about anybody else. I told someone the other day that uh, if nobody else is getting anything out of this series, I sure am, because really it's about what God's dealing with me about, about myself. You just happen to be getting the overflow of how God is straightening me out. So pray for me as he continues to do that. But we've been talking about the importance of knowing who we are, and we talked about passing four identity tests. Now remember, these are not one-time tests, but it's things that we continually have to pass. And so here are the four tests. Number one is the lordship test. If we don't understand or pass the lordship test, we'll never know who we are in Christ because how I many knows it's not about us being the boss, it's about understanding who is leading us and who's following. We're supposed to be the followers, he's supposed to be the leader. And uh, so then the second test was about popularity because if you make Jesus the Lord of your life, you're not always going to be popular. So you got to pass the popularity test and the approval test, and we realize we get our approval from him and not from people around us. We're already, we wake up approved by God every day. Come on, somebody need to receive that revelation right now. You wake up approved of God. I didn't say he likes everything you're doing, but he loves you as a son or daughter. You're not striving for love from God. I wake up and he loves me. I'm not trying to make it through the day to hope by the time I say my bedtime prayers that he can love me because I was a good boy. I wake up loved by God. I got to remind myself of that. So anyway, that was number two. Number, number three after that's the comparison test. We talked about that. Man, we talked about not wasting our unique DNA. There's nobody like you in the history of mankind, so we, we can't compare ourselves among ourselves or, or devalue who we are because God made us for a purpose. Don't compare yourselves with other people. Somebody else's compliment is not your insult. Mm, mm. We could go back on that subject for a little bit, couldn't we? Yeah, yeah. Well, let's move on. So the fourth test is really important. This is, this is a big one that uh, God's dealing with me on. It's the familiar test or familiarity test. Familiarity test. We've got to be able to pass this. This is about barriers. And this test, I believe, is really powerful. I believe this God's going to show us some things here. Be ready to be challenged. No doubt, because there's some barriers in our life. What does a barrier do? A barrier is something that blocks passage or prevents access. And this is what happens when we begin to be familiar with something, because we begin to be so familiar that barriers and limitations are put into our life, if we're not careful, that God didn't intend for us to have. There's some barriers in your life that God didn't put there, and so we got to know what we need to do so that we can get out and move those barriers by not believing the lie and believing the truth of what God says. Sometimes we're barricaded in and God doesn't want us to be barricaded in, but what's barricaded us in is a lie that we're believing. I'm just trying to think if I want to use this example. Yes, yeah, sure I do. So let's go ahead. So like, well, I just used to work for this asphalt uh, maintenance company. We seal coated blacktop and striped things and and. We used to set out barricades after you seal coat a parking lot. You don't want people driving on it, so you put out these barricades. But you know, you get them spread out all over town, and sometimes they forget where you had jobs and where you go to pick them up. And so the, the lot could be ready to be driven on, but the barricade could still be there. And so sometimes I would come back to a job site, and someone had had the the forethought to say, they're not going to pick these up. I'm going to move them out of the way so we can use this lot. 
It was able to be driven on, but the barricade just needed to be moved. So there's some areas of our life that God says, I want you to move forward, but we're like, oh no, there's a barricade. He said, well, move it. So these are some things that God's dealing with me on because this was an area of my life that I was seeing I had some trouble in. Things that I had allowed to be so familiar to me, they'd gotten so familiar to me that I wasn't able to see the barriers or limitations that were in my life. Things that have been there, I don't know if you can relate to this, but things that have been there so long that I no longer challenge the validity of the limitations that I was experiencing. Maybe I need to say that again. Sometimes you can be limited in areas so long that you just accept it as the norm and God says, wait a minute, why aren't you challenging that? Areas where I used to press in and really go for it through time, resistance, and opposition, I begin to accept and be satisfied with living in the barriers and the comfort of my familiarity. See, because we all have the opportunity to suffer from this condition called familiarity blindness. You know what it is. You may not put that term to it, but you know what it is. Familiarity blindness is we become so familiar with something that you don't even see it anymore, or at least you don't see the significance of it. You know that spot on your carpet that used to really bug you, but right now you walk right past it, it doesn't bother you at all? Or that thing that you know you're supposed to fix in the house that's broken or needs repair and it used to be something that annoyed you like crazy, now you don't even notice it. You walk right past it. It's familiarity blindness. All those projects you thought, man, I gotta do something about that. But now you don't notice it. Somebody else walks in your house like, oh, what happened? Oh, well, let me tell you, you didn't know it was there. But the problem is this also can happen in our marriages and in our relationships. We get familiarity blindness and we stop looking at people the way we should look at them. We stop seeing the value. How many times have you heard this in a relationship situation? Maybe it's a marriage situation where someone, it's a troubled marriage situation. And the, one of the spouse says to the other one, you haven't looked at me like that in a long time. Familiarity, blindness. You live in the same house. You walk around each other every day in the kitchen. But you don't see one another. You get so familiar, you don't value Here's the barriers that familiarity does. It will help us, it will cause us to not see the value where value is. I wanted to do an exercise. I'm not going to do it, but I'll tell you what I was going to do. I wanted to tell, I wanted to have all the spouses that are here sitting beside their spouse. I wanted them to turn and look at their spouse for 30 solid seconds with no jokes, no laughing, no rolling your eyes, just to stare at them for 30 seconds and see them for who they are. See, you can't even do it right now. That's why I didn't do it, because I knew some of you were wigging out just the idea of staring at them for 30. What happened? What happened? Be careful. Be careful. We'll lose something very valuable because we don't see it anymore. Mm -hmm. So let's see what the Bible says about familiarity Baptism, familiarity, blindness. Mark chapter 6. You got it right there in your Bible. Let's look at Mark chapter 6. This this hopefully is going to help you. In verse 1, it says, Then he, this is talking about Jesus, went out from there and 
came to his own country and his disciples followed him. And when the Sabbath had come, he began to teach in the synagogue. And many hearing him were astonished, saying, where did this man get these things? And what wisdom is this which is given to him that such mighty works are performed by his hands? Is this not the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon? And are not his sisters here with us? So they were offended at him. But Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor except in his own country, among his own relatives, and in his own house. Now he could do no mighty work there except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them. And he marveled because of their unbelief that he went about the villages in a circuit teaching familiarity, blindness. Let's look at what happens here in, in this story with Jesus. I'm going to start there in verse 2. It says, he, you know, he went into his own country. Everybody say own country. See, when you go into your own country, everybody knows you. And sometimes that's good and sometimes that's bad. There's something, you know, I like going to my hometown. I like driving around. I like looking to things that I'm familiar with. I like running into people that I haven't seen for a while. People are like, hey, there's Chad. Hey, what's up? So there's something about going into your own country that's good. I'm not against all of that. But there's something that's the danger of being a barrier when we get too uh, close with, familiar with something. So look what happens. Here's what, he goes into his own country, verse 2. And when the Sabbath had come, this, so he's in church. And he began to teach in the synagogue. So how many know hometown boy comes home and he starts to teach others? And look what happens. He began to teach and many hearing him were astonished. That word astonished just means to be amazed, to be overwhelmed, like what's up? Who's this? And so here's what they said. Where did this man get these things? And what wisdom is this which is given to him? that such mighty works are performed by his hands. So what were they astonished about? They weren't astonished so much about the things he did or, or the wisdom or the mighty works he performed. They weren't so much astonished at that as they were astonished as who, that, who it was happening through. So the things, the miracles, the wisdom, you know, that's nice, but what astonished them was who it came through. And that's the problem. We gotta watch out and be familiar because if we're not careful, we focus on the container more than we do the contents of the container. We start to determine the significance of something based on what it comes out of. He was saying wisdom. He was doing mighty works. It was incredible, but they, they couldn't get past the container. This is what familiarity will do. It'll bring boundaries into our lives and what we can receive. It happened with Philip and Nathaniel. Maybe you don't know this story, but Philip was one of the early disciples. And he goes to his friend Nathaniel and says, Nathaniel, hey, we found Jesus. We found the Messiah. It's Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. We're pretty sure it's him. Yeah, it's the Messiah. They said, Who, Jesus of Nazareth? He said, yeah. And so Nathaniel says, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Some of you are asking yourself this question, can anything good come out of me? Can anything good come out of Norris City? Can anything good come out of your town? Can anything good come out of Southern Illinois in the tri-state area? Can anything good? You get so focused on the container, you will miss the benefit of the contents. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? We've got to understand that something good can come out of us. We can't be limited. Don't, uh, how do I want to say it? Don't dismiss the significance of the, contain, of the contents based on the appearance of the container. Let me say that again. Don't dismiss the significance of the contents based on the appearance of the container. In other words, don't count me out just by what you see. Look at your neighbor and say, there's more than meets the eye. More than meets the eye. 
there is more than meets the eye. Don't throw shade on me just because what you see. See, I'm working that new phrase into your vernacular. Some of you are going to be on top. That's good. It's getting lit up in here. Yes. Lit. It doesn't mean things are on fire. It just means it's cool. It's good. So anyway, some of don't reach for a fire extinguisher when you say it's lit. So now we, we understand. We, we understand that. Here's what happened. They got hung up on who it was coming through. Look at verse 3. Here's what they said. Is this not the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon? Are not his sisters here with him? Was Jesus a carpenter? Yeah. Was he the son of Mary? Yeah. You say, why not son of Joseph? Joseph had already passed away. So that's why it says son of Mary. Joseph was already dead. So it says, is this not the son of Mary? See, when Jesus left town, he was a carpenter. But when he came back, he was much more but they couldn't get past what they knew him as in the past. They knew who he was, but they were oblivious to who he had become. This is why we got to watch the familiarity test because we begin to understand and look at people based on their flesh, based on who they are. But, but 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 16 gives us a great verse. Here it's in the New Living Translation. It says, so we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. At one time, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view. How differently we know him now. How differently their familiarity with Jesus caused them to be offended at things they should have embraced. They should have embraced some things, but now they're offended at because why? They're familiar at it. So look what happens. I, I wrote this down. The word offended there again means, means a, a, a trap, means to entrap some. So we talked about comparison being a trap. Well, guess what? Familiarity is a trap. I'm going to blow some things out today, and I hope you're ready. I hope you're strapped in. Let your neighbors say, get ready. It's going to hit you. It's going to hit you because, listen, we get familiar, we get comfortable. We get familiar, we get comfortable, and we get comfortable, we like comfort sometimes in our society. Can I get an amen? But how I many know God doesn't want us to be comfortable? He wants us to be effective. He wants us to grow. He wants us to stretch. And so God would start speaking to me about, hey, Chad, you're too familiar. I'm like, what? Lord, what? So I'm going to stretch you a little bit. Are you ready? I'm not, no. No, but i got to be ready. So he said, they, says they were offended. They were offended Check this out. A person who is offended at the container will not receive the benefits of the contents. They were offended at Jesus. The person who is offended at the container will not receive the benefit of the contents. And here's how I'm trying to apply it to you. I want to make sure you understand this. Instead of recognizing his heavenly identity based on what he did and said, they devalued what he did and said because they knew his earthly identity. Instead of saying, oh, this must be the Messiah, look at what he did. They look at who he was and they're like, ah, it's no big deal. Too many times, if we're not careful, we will determine our preference of the container and we will miss the value of the contents. Mm, come on, stretch us, Lord, stretch us. See, when we're focused on the familiarity of the container overvaluing the contents, we get into trouble. Here's my prayer. God, help us not to choose the value of the familiarity of the container over the hunger for the contents. Lord, I want a hunger for the contents even if it goes past my preference of the container. We will not, we will not experience everything God has for us as long as we demand to pick the container it comes out of. 
Oh, you're going to go meddling now. Lord, I want everything that you have for me as long as it looks like this. I want to experience everything you have for me, God, as long as it sounds like this. As long as it doesn't look like this. I've got a few things, Lord, that I require. I just don't want to ever have to do this. I don't want to ever have to see this. I don't ever. So I want everything as long as it comes in the container that I'm familiar with. Come on, somebody. See, we're going to have to move. At some point, the hunger for the contents has to override our preference for the container. Do we want everything God has for us or we want to be comfort with our familiarity? Well, I just like things to go like such and such. Well, that's great. What if God wants to do something outside your such and such? Do we really, I don't know, I don't know if we really know we're saying this, but we're really saying, God, I want what's familiar more than I want what's phenomenal. Am I willing to leave what's familiar to experience the phenomenal? Am am I willing to walk away from what I've always known to experience something I could never know without transition? Mm. familiar, it's a trap, it's a test for all of us. But the problem is, too many times we, hey God, I want a great relationship with God, but I want to be comfortable about it. I want to, <laughs> am, I, am I hammering this point home enough? <laughs> it's, it's because people, I, I know in my own life, there was a time where I was familiar with a certain thing. And I said, God, I got to have more. And my hunger for the contents overrode, 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 that's the word, overrode my preference for the container. There was a place where I said, God, as long as I never do that. There came another time when I said, I don't care what I do, I got to have more of you. I don't care what it looks like, God. My hunger for the contents, it takes precedence over my preference of the container. Are you ready to say that in your own life? We get attached to certain things. We get attached to certain preferences, and we, we want to we wanna hold it together. But see, these guys right here, they didn't experience the benefit of the contents because they couldn't get past the container. Have you ever seen something in someone else's life, and you're like, mm, that may be good, but I can't get past that? I remember one time, yeah, okay, thank you, Lord. I remember one time, I used to have a problem with, with people that spoke in tongues, I didn't like it. I didn't think it was right. I, I was taught it wasn't right. And so I had a big problem with it. And uh, I remember one time, and I've told this story many, many times, is, is after I'd broken my leg, and, and so I'm in a room, I'm upset, it's the next week, our team's playing, and, and we're, I listen to the radio and we're losing, and I'm crying, I'm upset, and a, and a friend of mine walks into the room, doesn't say anything, but just starts walking around praying, and starts praying in the Spirit, and I'm like, what in the world? I'm already upset. But I'm telling you, the more they prayed, I felt something. My preference for the container got overridden by my hunger for the contents of what I felt. I said, I don't understand all that, but I want something. I want more of God. So I don't know what it is for you. That's just an example of one area of my life. But at some point in your life, you got to sacrifice your familiar to go for the phenomenal. It's going to take a jump. You thought I was coming. It's going to take a leap. (laughs) At some point, we got to risk it, man. We got to go for it. No, now listen, I like mine. Look, little. 
I get it. I'm the same way. There's areas of God saying, hey, that's too familiar. I know, but I'd really like it. I know, but it's too familiar. All right, I'll move on. You're receiving. You're receiving. So let's look what happens. Verse 3. Sorry, verse 4. I already did 3. But Jesus said to them, here's the familiarity barriers we've got to overcome. But Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor except in his own country, among his own relatives, and among his own house, in his own house. So let's look at these three familiarity barriers. Number one, in his own country. What does the own country represent? Own country represents the influences in our life. This is your hometown where you grew up, your childhood is talking about things that influenced you. For you and I to know who we are or who we can be in Christ, we will have to overcome the familiarity of our outside influences. In other words, I will never grow into everything God has for me if I cannot leave my circle of influence. You're either going to have to add to or remove from your circle of influence to become everything that God has for you. Some point, I had great influences in my life and I had some influences that weren't so good. And so at some point, we were walking arm in arm and I had to say, hey, fellas, I want to go this way. They're like, nah, I want to go this way. There had to be a separation between me and those influences for me to become who God had created me to become. I had to, it was familiar, it was natural, it was comfortable, but I was hungering for something more than the familiarity of my influences. Some of you need to add some new influences to your life. You need to expose yourself to some new people. Expose yourself to some new way of thinking. Read more books. 2017, God challenged me, said, Chad, I want you to take your leadership to a higher level. I want you to read more. I want you to bring in some more influences into your life. I want you to look at some more people and let them speak into your life. Be a learner. Be a grower. Leaders learn. So he's saying to you, you need to bring in. So outside influences, it has to be able to change. It has to be able to grow. Don't stay with just the same circle of influence the rest of your life. Add some more people to your circle. Open up the circle and bring some new people in. New people are coming to church all the time. Open up your circle and connect with some new people. I got to meet some great new people in Growth Track 401 last week. People that I never met before, but I wrote their names down and I'm getting their names and I want to know them when I see them. I want to open up the circle and say, you're part of my church family too. Come on, it's not the same circle year after year after year in your section. Branch out. Meet some people in a new section. So that's our, that's our country. He's probably not without honor except in his own country, but his own relatives. Mm. What's relatives mean? Glad you asked. It's a good question. The relatives just talks about your blood kin. So for us to know who we are in Christ, we're going to have to overcome the familiarity of what we're born into. Mm. Some of the things that cause us problems are things that we were born with. But, I, but here's the thing that God's saying. I don't want you to use this excuse. That's just the way I was raised. That's just the way I was born. See, God wants you to understand this. We were born into a natural family with a natural nature. We were born into a sinful nature. But the Bible says in John chapter 3 that we are born again into the kingdom of God. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says, if anyone's in Christ, they're a new creation. Old things passed away. Behold, All things become new, right? So now we understand that if I was born into a natural family, I'm born again into a spiritual family. 
So now here's what I want you to get about this because the relatives is about your heritage. Your spiritual heritage is more powerful than your natural heritage. Well, my daddy had it, my grandpa had it, my mom had it, my grandma had it. I don't know what your natural heritage is. It may not be good, but thank God for the blood of Jesus that gives me a spiritual heritage that overrides my natural heritage. That I'm not stuck in the familiarity of what my family has been able to do or what my family's accomplished. God says you can break out of that and be a trailblazer for your family, put a new path for your family, and set a precedent for the people that's coming after you. You've got to overcome the familiarity of your relatives because not all your relatives are going to celebrate you. Not all your relatives are going to say, Woo, I'm so proud of you, that's awesome. Not all of them are going to do it. So if you're going to choose the familiarity of your family versus what God wants you to do, you're going to have a barrier in your life. At some point, you may have to break away from mama and say, I'm going to take my own path. I'm sorry, mom, dad, I understand this was right for you. I understand this was what you want to do, but I need to know what God wants me to do. And he's speaking to me that this is the direction that I want to go in my life. So you've got to break away from the familiarity of your relatives. Let's look at the... Look at the last one. We got through our relatives. Now we got to look at the, our own house. An own house. Because sometimes <laughs> the own house just talks about where you live, where you're currently living right now. And this deals with our choices. Outside influences first. We have to overcome the familiarity of that. Number two, we got to overcome the familiarity of what we were born into. In other words, how, how, I was, how I was born naturally doesn't limit who I can be spiritually. I don't care what your background is, what side of the tracks you live on. It doesn't matter. We can all be who Christ made us to be through the blood of Jesus. You may have to overcome your past a little bit, but if you give more credibility to your past than you do what God says about you, you'll never be able to experience the freedom that God has for you. It's okay. I I get it. I get it. Everybody comes from different situations, broken homes, no parents, whatever. But let me just encourage you. The familiarity of that past does not have to define your future. Doesn't have to define it. At some point, you got to say, you know what? I'm making a change in my life. And this is what this one about my house, because I've got outside influences and I've got what I've been born into. But when push comes to shove, it's all about the choices that we make. I can't speak for anything else, but I can speak for my house. Joshua 24 says it this way. says, choose you this day whom you will serve. And it goes on to say, but as for me and Everybody say, my house, my house. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. You got to break away. Sometimes, you've experienced this in different areas. We live in a situation so long that we don't see a way out. And this house is about maybe there's something you're living in right now that God's asking you, make a choice and move forward. But I've been this way so long. I've been living in this so long. He said, I know you're one decision away from freedom. I know, but it's going to be hard. Or I can't do it. I've tried it before. I know, but your house is about your choices. This isn't about what mom and dad did or grandparents did. or Nobody else. But this is about your house and your decisions. I want my kids to know that they have to make their own choices about their relationship with Jesus Christ. 
Dad's salvation does not cover your entrance into heaven. It doesn't. My parents' salvation didn't cover mine. It's not something you inherit. You don't inherit salvation. You inherit the opportunity to receive salvation. So this is what choice is about, making sure we make the decision that, hey, we're going to follow him. We're going to put our heart in line with him. In order to know who we can become in Christ, we have to pass this familiarity test. Notice the comparison with what Jesus said here. A prophet is not without honor except for his own country, among his own relatives, and in his own house. Notice what Jesus told Abram in Genesis chapter 12. I don't know if you noticed this before, but when God was wanting to take Abram to become Abraham, he spoke to him and he told him to get out of three places. <laughs> Are you ready? <laughs> he said, get out of your country, away from your family. And out of your house, the exact three same places that Jesus said that we are without honor. So what's the familiarity test? Here's what I want to encourage you with today. For us to become everything that God has, has for us to come, we have to be willing to get out of the familiarity of our outside influences. Some of you, I don't know who it is here, you're needed to add some influences into your life and you need to get rid of some influences. I know they're good friends, they're good people, but if they're not gonna go with you, then you need to go get where you're strong. Here's what I had to say. It's not that, well, I, what about loving the people? I need to evangelize. Blah, blah, blah. I understand. I had to leave and go become who God wanted me to become, and I said, I'll be back for you. I'll be back for you when I find me. And once I find me, I'll come back for you because you're not going to draw me away anymore because I know who I am in Christ. When I come back, it's a one-way street. You're either coming with me or you're staying. I'm not going with you. I'm not sure that was a one-way street analogy, but that sounded good in my head. You know what I mean. You know what I'm saying? If you, want, if you really care about them, then know who you are, become who you are, and then you go back and get them. But as long as you're still searching for yourself and you're trying to find your way, that's why I don't believe in evangelistically dating. Should I, Lord? I don't know, Lord. I'm, well, I just feel like I'm the only one that's going to lead them to the Lord. Let them find the Lord. And then let them find you. Let them find the Lord and then let them find you. I'm not saying that to hurt anybody's feelings. I'm not saying that to, to rain on anybody's parade. I'm saying that out of love for someone who has counseled and ministered to too many married couples. That one of them was all in for God. The other one was lackadaisical. They got married and had nothing but trouble because they thought they would come around and they never came around get so familiar in a situation and God says, I want you to change. You're like, oh, but this is comfortable. Sometimes what's comfortable is killing us. Sometimes we got to be careful what's comfortable. Sometimes a comfortable spiritual situation is a death situation. Don't even know we're dying. We're comfortable. Well, I changed the order of service around a few weeks ago. Why did I do it? Just because it was too familiar. We're going to do offering it. Well, why did you do that? What was wrong with it where it was? <laughs> I know some of you had a trouble with it. <laughs> I did it just for that reason. I did it just for that reason. I don't want to get caught into being familiar. 
I don't want to get caught. I don't want you to get caught in being familiar in your life where you just accept limitations and barriers that God didn't put there. I want you to challenge yourself to say, wait a minute, I want to grow and it may cause me some discomfort to do it, but I am more concerned about what God's wanting to do in my life than I am staying comfortable where I am. Am I willing to leave the familiar to experience the phenomenal? Well, am I willing to leave my house, my relatives, my country? Sometimes, sometimes God wants you to leave something familiar, not because anything's wrong with it, because he realizes that you've got familiarity blindness and you don't even see the need to change anymore. Sometimes God needs to bring us out of a situation just to bring awareness to, whoa, I didn't even realize I was doing that. Sometimes our situation is a result of where we've accepted things because we didn't know any different. We're just so familiar. This is nice and easy. So my challenge today is not to make you uncomfortable just for the sake of discomfort. Because I believe this familiarity test is huge in our life. I am convinced from my own life and from other people that many people are not experiencing what God has for them because they choose the container over the contents. Now wait a minute. I just want it to be like this. I want to come in here. I want to sing some songs. I want to hear a good sermon. And I want to go home. <laughs> nice and familiar. Nice and familiar. I don't want this connect group stuff. I just want to go to church. That's what I'm comfortable with. That's what I've always done. I just go to church. Multi-site. We can't do multi-site. Just one place, North City, that's all I want to be, right here with my, my, my people, my circle. Chad, God was saying to Chad, open up the circle. Open up the circle. So Chad, are you willing to leave what's familiar to experience something phenomenal? I'm like, I don't know. I'm just being honest. What is it going to mean? Say it's going to cost you. It's going to cost you. How much? <laughs> you know what he said? Here's what he said. Your life. My life? Yeah. But if you choose to save your life, you'll lose it. If you'll lose your life for my sake, you'll find it. God will never, ever, ever take anything away from you that he won't replace that is much better than what you had in the beginning. Don't hold on to that precious, familiar thing and say, no, I can't let go. No, 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 I can't. I can't be like, was it Daffy? Daffy Duck that was holding on. I'm a rich and wealthy miser. It's mine. It's mine. It's mine. No, let it go. 